The brackets are out. The Big Ten gets eight teams into the field of 68, but it should have been nine. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, you're tuned in to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the show and making us your first listen every weekday. Be sure to follow along wherever it is that you get your podcasts, on YouTube if you aren't already subscribed, and on Twitter, too. The handle is at Locked On Big Ten across all platforms, and it's one zero when you're typing out, not T-E-N. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Let's get into everything that we need to with the NCAA Tournament Bracket. Eight Big Ten teams make the field of 68. We're going to talk about which ones of them have the best chance to make a deep run. But first, we have to get into the crime that was the Rutgers Scarlet Knights missing this NCAA tournament. An absolute disgrace for the standards of just about everybody in college basketball. I've given you my opinion on Rutgers. This is an NCAA tournament team. I thought that they had a chance to get into the tournament, even if they hadn't beaten Michigan in their first game of the Big Ten tournament. But I thought that after winning that game, it was a for sure lock that this team was at the very least going to be in the field. I was going to be surprised if they had to go into a playing game, although there were people who had them there. It was a situation where I was absolutely stunned seeing the Scarlet Knights not get into this tournament field. But you don't have to hear my opinion on it anymore. Because I've got the opinions of just about everybody else backing me up as well. Let's start with Bracket Matrix, the platform that we've been using to look at all of the predictive brackets across all of the internet to try and figure out exactly who is going to make that field. In 200 now finalized final bracket predictions from across those sites, Rutgers was in the field in 191 of those brackets, 95% of the brackets that were filled out by the experts had the Scarlet Knights in there. This was a team that was supposed to make the tournament on a near consensus across the country. And instead, they're not even only the first team out, they're the second team out. This is a Rutgers team that not only a month ago, in February, was in the top 25. In three weeks ago, was getting multiple top 25 votes. This is a pure case of the selection committee valuing what the team's done recently over what a team's whole resume is. And don't get me wrong, I've also talked about on the show about how I believe that the committee should take a look at how well a team's playing right now. But this is just overstepping the bounds. This Rutgers team was better than everybody else in that 11 line that made it over him. It was the highest ranked Ken Palm team out of any team that did not make the tournament. It was better than 12 other at-large bids in the Ken Palm rankings. Also better than Oklahoma State, by the way, the supposed first team out of this NCAA tournament. You can look anywhere you want. ESPN, Joe Lenardi, Fox, CBS, USA Today, Sporting News, Andy Katz, whatever it is, whoever it is that you value when it comes to your bracket predictions, if you go look right now, on whatever site that you like most, you will find that they had Rutgers in the field of 68. Virtually the only group of people who did not put Rutgers into the tournament field were the people who were actually making the tournament field. Listen, there's an argument against Rutgers. 
I know it. They've had bad losses. They've had those quad three losses. I know what the numbers that go against Rutgers are. Everyone has established already going into this what the argument against the Scarlet Knights was. But this team had earned itself a spot in the tournament. And everyone, everyone had agreed that Rutgers was a tournament team, except for, again, the people who actually decide who gets into the NCAA tournament. The committee misses the couple every year. I feel like they do at least. And there's every single year an argument to be made for someone to make the tournament who had not made it. But this is a little bit more than that. This is not a split decision. This is not, oh, some people thought Nevada should be in, some people thought Rutgers should be in. No, just about everybody believed that Rutgers was an NCAA tournament team. This is not just the team that everyone's talking about on Monday. This is not just, hey, there's going to be in a field of 68, a 69th and 70th team who are going to be upset and feel like they deserve to get in. This is not that. This is a level above that. This is a Rutgers team that had earned it, had all, everything he needed on the resume, and just did not make it for reasons that I can't explain. This team deserved to be in the field. This team had one of the best defenses in all of college basketball, and this team could have won tournament games. The NCAA tournament is worse off because Rutgers is not in this field. And I, I mean, me personally, I'm going to be rooting against whoever it is that wins these two 11 seed playing games in their 6-11 matchups, just so I can rub it in their faces even more that they made the wrong call. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights are an NCAA tournament team. If they had won their last game, they would have been a top two seed in the Big Ten. There was a time not too long ago where we thought it was Purdue and then Indiana and Rutgers the next top two teams to potentially win this conference. I understand they had a bad February. I understand they stumbled their way to the finish line. And I understand that when everyone who's arguing against Rutgers is going to come out and say, hey, they had a chance to make it. They blew it at the end. But then why are we playing the games early on? Rutgers established itself and established a resume that should had have them as a lock in this tournament. And instead, we're sitting here wondering how in the world the NCAA Tournament Committee could have valued other teams more. And even more so, the committee itself says that it doesn't put a value on that kind of a recency bias. It's a ridiculous, ridiculous decision. And as I mentioned, it's much more than just Rutgers is the team that got left out. No, this team was an NCAA Tournament talent with an NCAA Tournament resume and an opportunity, if they had gotten in, if you ask me, to make an NCAA tournament run. They now don't get the chance. And it's disgraceful. It's pathetic that this team is not dancing. Because it's deserving of being able to get that chance. We'll talk more about it, I'm sure, as the week goes on. Or, I mean, maybe we won't because there's a whole lot of Big Ten stuff to get to here and I just wanted to make sure, since I know we're going to be talking a whole lot about what's in the bracket, that we started off the week by at least addressing the biggest injustice in recent memory, if you ask me, in the Rutgers Scarlet Knights not getting into that tournament field. It was, I mean, shocking and just, as I said, disrespectful to the team and to, honestly, the integrity of the bracket. This bracket could have been better and compiled of better teams if Rutgers was one of them. And now they just have to sit out and watch, and I guess, play in their NIT games. It's extremely disappointing, and I wish there was something to do. But unfortunately, there isn't. 
As I mentioned, eight Big Ten teams did make it into the tournament field on Sunday. So let's take a look at all of them and see where there are opportunities for Big Ten teams to make big runs. A whole lot of Big Ten teams in that 7, 8, 9, 10 range with the opportunity to make big upsets in the second round if they can get there. We'll to go over who has the best chance to do it here in a moment on Locked On Big Ten. Before we continue on with the show, though, the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite Built Bar or Puff. If you've been following along since Built Bar has been with us on Locked On, then you've probably tried them out and tried out some of their great flavors that they're coming out with all the time. Now is your time to make it count, though. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite Built Bar flavors. You can vote for all sorts of different flavors. I'll be voting for the Churro Bar and Puff because I, one of my favorites out there. They've got everything that you could possibly ask for at Built.com, and now they want to know what it is that you like the most. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of Built products. Not only that, but one locked-on fan will earn a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, it's so amazing, you won't believe that this stuff is good for you. What makes Built Bars so good? They are all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate as well. So head on over to BuiltMarchMadness.com to cast your vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so get in and join right now and support your pick. Also, Grab your bracket and go listen to the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown. With national analysis and the insights from our local experts, the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode of Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so eight Big Ten tournament teams in the field of 68. Let's break down first where everyone is and then get into who has a chance to make a run. Starting off with the one seed, of course, you have the top seed out of the Big Ten, the Purdue Boilermakers. They win the Big Ten tournament. As a result, get themselves back onto the one line and face a matchup against a team who we don't know yet. It's going to be the winner of a play-in game. But the point is that Purdue has itself a chance to make a really deep tournament run, of course, is a one seat. But as I've pretty much been preaching over the last month, this team does not look ready to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament by any means. The Boilermakers, again, at one point in February, had lost six of eight games. Yes, they won the Big Ten tournament, but if you're a Big Ten fan, you know that that road that they took wasn't exactly the toughest of roads. Yes, they get a win against Rutgers, a team that has plagued them before. But aside from that, I mean, you look, they, they beat Rutgers, they beat Ohio State, they, they beat Penn State. It's not exactly a who's who of who's going to give you trouble in an NCAA tournament, for exact for example. So oddly enough, the Big Ten tournament champions do not 
seem like that hot of a team to me. Usually it'd be like, oh, this team won its conference tournament. It's on a hot little streak. I'm not there with the Boilermakers just yet. And they also have probably the hardest draw of any of the four regions when it comes to just pure blue blood teams that you've got to beat and also up and comers that can knock you off early. You're looking at a quadrant right now where Purdue has Michigan State in it, to name another Big Ten team that obviously has March success with Tom Izzo. That's the seven seed. Six seed, Kentucky. Five seed, Duke. I mean, that's three of the best of the best when it comes to winning in the NCAA tournament right there. And not to mention the Blue Devils are on a hot streak of their own too. But then even in just the second round, You've got a Memphis team that just upset Houston and is looking really, really good with a chance to knock off Purdue in that round of 32 if they get there. If you ask me, this is a bracket where I was ready to say, okay, let's go ahead and let Purdue have a run here. Yes, they haven't been playing well, but I would love to see them make it deep, and I hope the bracket plays out that way where they can. I don't know if I see it here. For a Purdue team that's still waiting to make its first Final Four with Matt Painter, it's A situation where you have a whole lot of really experienced coaches, really, really good March coaches, and not to just mention really, really good teams. And I see at some point, whenever it is that Purdue has that hiccup game, whoever they're playing is going to have a chance to take advantage. Because they're in a situation where they could be facing blue blood after blue blood, game after game. And I just know that at some point, Purdue is going to be off 100%. They're not going to be playing the best of their best game. What happens at that point? Are they able to hold on and get a win, grit it on to the next round? Or will they fall in the round of 32, in the Sweet 16, in the Elite Eight? This is a one seed that is going to be a popular pick to lose early. I'm not saying anything that a whole bunch of people aren't also saying. A whole lot of people believe that Purdue is not a very, very solid one seed when you look at one seed historically. But at the same time, I believe that there's a reason why people are saying that. They've been seeing the same things that we've been seeing watching this Boilermaker team. And while you go into every single game looking at, okay, so who is it that's going to defend Zach Eady? How is a team going to stop Purdue? And every single time, you can find the matchups and the ways that Purdue wins every single game. But, I mean, just even going back to as recently as yesterday, I would have said going into Purdue-Penn State, hey, Yes, Purdue has games where it's off and Penn State shooting hot, but it's pretty obvious that this Nittany Lion team just can't match up with Purdue. I'll take Purdue at what was at the time minus seven and a half. And instead, Purdue goes out to a huge lead, leads by 14-15 in the second half, but then just lets it all shrink away. Almost lets Penn State get into that game again at the very end. And that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Even in the game in which Penn State, or when Purdue wins the Big Ten Championship, I'm sitting there afterward being like, man, Purdue could have lost that game and they were not playing great basketball there at the very end. It's a really, really rough team to have to root for as your top team out of the conference. I have hopes that Purdue can put it together. I'm hoping that other teams who haven't played Zach Eady in this season before are going to be a little bit more kind of unprepared to beat what he does. But at the same time, I know there's a blueprint to beating Purdue. And when you look at the other one seeds, you're not supposed to have such a clear blueprint on how to beat a team. If Purdue's playing its basketball, yeah, it's going to be a one seed talent. It's going to be that hard to beat. But at the same time, 
I don't think it takes that far off of Purdue's A game to be able to get a team to beat them. And that's why I think everyone is looking at this team and saying, okay, maybe this squad isn't exactly where they should be as far as the seedings and everything goes. They've earned their one seed, no doubt about that. But I think the vulnerabilities that that team has are also pretty obvious as well. Moving on down the bracket, the next highest seed in the Big Ten is Indiana. And while Purdue is a team that may be vulnerable to an upset and is going to be a popular upset pick here in this bracket, I have Indiana as a team that could make a little bit of a run. When you look at the matchups for the Hoosiers, it's not the best. And Purdue is, or Indiana is an inconsistent team. But what they do on the floor is, when it's working, a way to win NCAA tournament games and a way to win NCAA tournament games against teams that are better than you. Indiana's big. It's physical. When you look at a team that they'd play in a second round like Miami, Miami does not have the size to stack up with the Hoosiers. They play good defense, not the best, not, again, nearly as consistent as it needs to be. But when Indiana's playing good defense, they're playing really, really good defense. And at the same time, in the way that they did against Purdue, when a team has bigs and likes to play inside, Indiana can play defense inside as well, better than a lot of teams in the NCAA tournament can. Their strengths are different than what your typical strengths are looking for in a modern college basketball game. But they have that kind of a different quirky roster that can win you a game that maybe they weren't supposed to win. So am I confident in Indiana's ability to make a deep run? Not as much as I'd like to be. Because again, this team's incredibly inconsistent with the way that they play basketball at times. But when you're looking at the way that their bracket lines up, say they win their first round game, as I said, Miami's a team that's not quite big enough to keep up with Indiana. I think they can go inside and kind of grind a win up against them. Then you go over to the other end. Houston is going to potentially play a game against an Auburn team in the second round, which would be a home game. That game is being played in Birmingham, Alabama. Somehow, the nine seed gets itself a home game in that matchup. Again, Auburn's playing against Iowa, so apologies to Iowa fans for the conversation being had. But if Auburn goes on to play Houston in Birmingham and then Auburn makes that upset and goes to the Sweet 16, then all of a sudden, Indiana, if it takes care of business, is a win away from getting itself into the Elite Eight. And then the Hoosiers have, well, pretty much championship or bust hopes. Because when you get into that second weekend, that's when it's all about how deep can your team go. I mean, right now, of course, you're worried about how your team gets itself as far as it can get, as always. But when you get into that second weekend is when you can start being imaginative. And you take that big week off in between the first and second weekend to think about, all right, here's how we get into the Final Four. Here's how we get into the National Championship game. And if Indiana can win its first two games... It could potentially, potentially have itself a good matchup in that third game. But either way, at that point, if you're a Hoosier fan, you're thinking about how deep this team can go. But the point being, I think Indiana is primed to be a second weekend team. Of course, they can be inconsistent, slip up and lose in the first round just as easily. But I think that this Indiana team set up with the way that its bracket works. In the same way that Purdue has a pretty tough bracket, dealing with Michigan State, Duke, Kentucky, Indiana, I like the way their draw works with the way that things played out with the seeding. So I like Indiana. I don't love Indiana. If they just played a little bit more consistently on the hardwood, I would love to be able to pick Indiana to make a surprise Final Four run. But at the moment, I like the prospect of them being able to go deep in this tournament. That's going to be a really fun one to watch this weekend. That just even a little quadrant of their bracket in their region.
Looking at the other Big Ten teams, you really have to start thinking about Cinderella stories. Everybody else in the Big Ten tournament is either a 7, 8, or 9, or 10 seed. I don't even know. If, yeah, there's 9 seeds in there, of course. But you have teams that can make runs in this group. And, of course, the big question is, if you're in a 7 through 10 seed, how can you beat one of the top teams then? One of the teams I've got on the radar is, of course, Penn State, the team that just played in the Big Ten championship game. This team shoots threes. This team is making its threes. And as I've preached all season, they've got that experience. They used it in the Big Ten tournament. They can hopefully let that transfer into the NCAA tournament too. And maybe, just maybe, the Nittany Lions can put together something special as the Big Ten's only double-digit seed. Other teams I've got on, Michigan State, we've already talked about in the bracket with Purdue, they're always going to be a factor. Again, they're in a tough bracket. Marquette's a really good team to have to go up against in the second round. After that, you've got the winner of Kentucky and Kansas State. One's, of course, Kentucky. The other one in Kansas State, a really, really solid team out of a really, really well-tested Big 12 conference. And then you've got the winner of presumably a Purdue or a Duke game after that. So while Michigan State's really, really always a, a popular pick to make a deep run in March, when you look at that bracket, there's all sorts of blue bloods there. I don't know if you can justify getting them out of that bracket or even out of the Sweet 16 with how many good teams they're going to have to play there. Another option, Northwestern, they could always beat whoever they're playing against. They've got, again, experience, and we're also finishing the regular season, remember, in the Big Ten on a high note. They ended as the two seed in that conference tournament. And then a tough one, across the board the rest of the way, really, if you ask me. Illinois is another team that's as a nine seed, they're probably the Indiana to the next power. When they're playing their best basketball, we've said it before, this team on offense is just fun to watch. The way they get up and down the floor, the way that they're able to move the ball around and kind of just know where each other is. Underwood's got himself a nice solid squad there. But then when they're bad, they're just awful. And they could easily get knocked off in the first round. They could very easily beat a one seed in the second round. I don't know. Two teams I'm not terribly confident in. We already talked about Iowa. That team going up against Auburn in Birmingham in the first round is going to be a really, really tough matchup. I'm not sure if Iowa's offense can overcome that. We'll see what happens. And then a Maryland team just got a tough draw in where it's at as an eight seed, potentially having to face Bama in the second round. Bama's looking really good. I would be shocked if Maryland was able to get past the round of 32 because that role, that Crimson Tide squad is one of the, well, if you ask me, they are the best team in the country right now with the way that they're playing. So just a quick look at the way everything is shaking out in the bracket here on really gut reactions and first looks at this bracket. We are going to take a lot of time over the next couple of days to get into everything and all these matchups as we get into the first weekend of the tournament. Of course, going to have some of our hosts on too to discuss it. And of course, we've got Big Ten women's teams to really dominate hopefully the big 10 or the ncaa tournament on the on the women's side of things we'll get into those seedings here in just a moment and of course the women's tournament will spend some time on later on this week too so that's going to be a lot of fun as we continue to get ready to start march madness we'll get into big 10 news as we wrap up the show here on locked on big 10 in just a minute but first the midway point of the NBA season has come and gone, and that means we're in the home stretch. And it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from money lines, spreads, 
props. The NCAA tournament, of course. Futures on which Big Ten team's going to win it. You can do it all over at FanDuel Sportsbook and get your no-sweat first bet of $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's wrap up the show by taking a look at all the other news from around the Big Ten. I mentioned going into the break, Big Ten women's basketball is red hot this season, and it shows in their field of 68. The NCAA tournament bracket released just after the men's on Sunday, and the Big Ten dominates the top part of it. Four Big Ten seeds, Big Ten teams on the top three seed lines. You've got one seed Indiana, two seed Iowa, two seed Maryland, and three seed Ohio State topping out the Big Ten's teams. Then you have Michigan in as a six seed an 11-seed Illinois, and another 11-seed in Purdue and the Boilermakers. Big 10 with a record seven teams in this field on the women's side. On the hockey on the hockey front, Big 10 tournament still going underway. Minnesota and Michigan will play in the Big 10 championship game after Minnesota beat Michigan State 5-1 to in their semifinal and Michigan beat the rival Ohio State team 7-3 in its semifinal. In basketball news, Illinois freshman Sky Clark has announced that he will enter the transfer portal after this season. Before going out with injury, Clark averaged seven points per game in 13 games with the Illini. He started 12 of those games as a freshman with Illinois. Maryland running backs coach Elijah Brooks is no longer the Maryland running backs coach. He will take over the job at Virginia Tech. And the fun stat of the day, Tom Izzo is now the record holder for most consecutive NCAA tournament appearances at a single school. He made his 25th consecutive NCAA tournament with Michigan State yesterday. That'll do it here for Big Ten Sports Today. Locked on Big Ten is where you go every single weekday to make sure you have everything you need to know going on around the conference. Follow us on Locked on Big Ten at Locked on Big Ten on Twitter. And wherever you are getting your podcasts and on YouTube, it's one zero at the end when you type it out, not T-E-N. Also, make your second listen locked on college basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on college basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports. Until next time, this has been Locked on Big Ten.